0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise-D. Commander Benjamin Sisko of the Federation Starbase Deep Space 9.
1: Welcome to the greatest Generation Deep Space 9. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are just a little bit embarrassed about having a Star Trek podcast. I'm
0: Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. And uh, it's a max fun drive episode, and it's also a drunk episode.
1: You shouldn't believe that those things are related in any way but luck. Like we don't have to drink our way through a, a max fun drive episode. That's not what anyone's saying.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess like in the past our max fun drive episodes, we've edited out the the pledge breaks mm-hmm. once once we're through the drive because right. We want people going back through old episodes of the show to just hear "show." We care about the quality of the show.
1: That might surprise you, the viewer, <laughs> but we really do.
0: But I, I just want people to know that that was the situation when this happened. Oh, so you're
1: saying when you hear totally sober pledge breaks, that's why it'll sound different? Yeah. I don't know. We
0: could record the pledge breaks in this in this session. We might as well. Oh shit. Oh, that'll be great. I'm not prepared for that at all. I mean, what do we have to do? We just have to read off the little PDF that they send us. Yeah. We'll just give it a jaunty read. (laughs) Uh, We are drinking the official beverage of Greatest Gen. That's right. Uh, It
1: is a good mid-level Blanco tequila, Mm -hmm. ice,
0: and seltzer water. The official beverage of me on any airplane and the official beverage of Greatest Gen. Uh, yeah, this is what we drink in the green room before we go on stage. Usually,
1: before a bully breaks in and pants us and gives <laughs> us a squ- a swirly, we're usually a couple of these in.
0: Yeah, this is also a looking at each other during.
1: It is because I have moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, and I'm doing shows at Ben's house now.
0: Yeah, well, for the time being, but once you're, you're set up over oh, there, Oh, no, this right?
1: is permanent. Oh shit! I'm I'm coming over every time now. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to sell all my recording gear. I'm just going to get out of it. Get out of the game. That's great. You That's have great. all of
0: it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about selling my video camera to pay my taxes this year. And instead we're, we're doing another video based drive goal so i can't do that oh i didn't think about
1: that (laughs) yeah i love it (laughs) it's a great concept though you're gonna have to stick around to hear about the great idea we have in store for max fun
0: drive 2020 yeah stick around till five seconds from now when we start the pledge break Nah, I'm we'll, we'll start the pledge break once we've been into the episode yeah, a yeah we're right? not
1: making that kind of show the, yeah. like the show that's just larded with pledge breaks so annoying it's two pledge breaks and we would never and do we, that we're
0: gonna get through this yeah the way
1: the way to get through this is to the only way out of max fun drive is through max fun drive <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be in it together yeah
0: it, it's the Scientology of podcast networks right and uh, the only way out is through
1: if you don't support greatest gen friendly fire and greatest discovery we'll change you to a radiator <laughs> and
0: uh, <laughs> right next to it's a some, nice lady named Shelley yeah. <laughs> and you guys can get to know each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew there was a dark secret to our success man <laughs> and they serve
0: actually a pretty good brunch. yeah have you seen Jesse Thorne's uh, triangular shaped hat before? <laughs> <laughs> when you walk into the HQ it says welcome to Mindhead.
1: Well, uh, I suppose we should begin this drunk episode, Ben. Yeah. We have a lot of drinking yet to do. This is not a hammered episode, so there will be no uh, time element to it. We're just going to socially drink mm-hmm. the way uh, we often do and try to recap what I think is a pretty good episode of Deep Space Nine. It's season six, episode five, Favor the Bold.
0: Do you realize how incredible this is? No, of course you don't. So we open on the little D and it is sputtering. It's uh clearly having engine trouble. You know? It's like Spy Hunter when you uh, when you do the smoke show, the smoke <laughs> screen behind. Uh-huh. I was thinking it's kind of like in um in like a non- uh, urban place. If you if you have engine trouble, somebody will pull over and help you, but uh, they're clearly in like a they're they're in they're a big in a tick city part of
1: town yeah <laughs>
0: they're in a tick part of town uh they've got uh low shields sending distress signals in every direction and uh i think that 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 distress signal thing kind of gave the game away a little bit like anybody anybody around is gonna know we're in trouble right uh, because some ticks come out of the cold and uh it turns out adam it's a trap because so
1: does the Rotoran. The yeah. Rotoran decloaks and kicks some ass, and then the little D does the same. Fire! Ben it was faking flaccid. Yeah, that's what the little D did. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: why, was wait, hard why, the whole time. Why would you need to fake flaccid? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you're just not feeling like it. You know, like this, like the deal with synthahol is, you can feel drunk, but then you can turn off the drunk. Mm-hmm. I wish you could turn off the, the boner. Yeah? There's some times when I don't want it. I don't have that problem. Like when I wake up in the middle of the night and I need to pee, but I also have a boner. Yeah. You just tuck that under the toilet seat, Ben. You you plank the toilet? Yeah. I, ne- I never do it that way. Hmm. You know what I do? Tub. <laughs> no! Oh, my Cause God. Because there's no aim. You don't have to aim.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> i've stayed at your home before ben
0: and i've showered in that shower yeah you know what it's like in there i mean quite clean yeah because i clean up after myself hmm you you don't
1: flush the tub after you use it (laughs) you're letting that mellow hmm
0: Wow. I take my sleep very seriously. Got to get back to sleep. You're going to want to edit that out, Ben. I guarantee you will. You're the one editing this episode. So. I am not editing that out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, they get the, the word that they have to head back to Starbase 3, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, um, that's uh that's a real gut punch to the crew who – Feel like they just took out a couple of ticks and they want to keep taking the fight to the baddies.
1: You can't make a streak until you do it a second time. Mm. And what we're getting, what we're gathering here, is that their wins are so few if you make and far a streak, between. You're
0: going to need a toilet brush,
1: right? But but this is one of the
0: rare victories they've had, and so
1: they want the opportunity to run up the score a little bit. They don't get that chance because they are they are taken back to Starbase three, whatever. Yeah, and Dax rips into Cisco about this. Yeah. She doesn't want to fall back
0: anymore. I really loved the way she was lit in this scene. When she comes into his office where he's desk jockeying, it's a, it's kind of a medium single on her just telling him like, Hey, like we're fucking sick of the engage retreat, engage retreat. Mm -hmm. Morale is super low. We Mm -hmm. need a big win. And soon, because I'm telling you from the boots on the ground perspective, this is not going to work, what we're doing right now.
1: Benjamin, troop morale is at an all-time low.
0: Like, just check out this row of power
1: cells we have in our mess hall. Yeah. Like, we, we want to fill an entire cargo bay with these. You're yeah. not giving us
0: the chance. She holds them up to her boobs. and She <laughs> says, I want everyone to be able to hold a couple of these up to their boobs.
1: <laughs> How hard do you think it is for Trills to not just be low-key frustrated during Any interaction with anyone in a sort of like, why can't you see all the angles that I see from hundreds of years of life experience? Hmm. Why aren't you speaking faster to me? Like to give (laughs) me the information. I feel like impatience has got to be such a major part of being a trill for that life experience, right? Right, it makes me wonder if that's why Cisco is so accepting of Dax, like tearing his head off in the scene.
0: Well, he's kind of slow rolling her too because he's already thought of this. So I feel like he's kind of just reveling in her outrage. Like right. I'm going to let her like, like really sink into this so that I can I can uh, spring this happy news on her and yeah. and uh, and pull her back from the brink um, because uh, because he's got a big plan. And that big plan is We're going to retake Deep Space Nine. It's the most important piece of real estate in the Alpha Quadrant, which is What? Big news considering yeah. I mean, like it's it's true, right? Like it's 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 the plug in the butthole, and if the butthole comes unplugged, they're doomed. All of those ticks are going
1: to go straight into the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Cisco's like, "Oh, I've got a plan, Dax." And it's on this screen facing the window.
0: Yeah, you're standing next to it.
1: I mean, you really hope that Cisco has a screen protector that only like allows oh, like, for seeing it at a certain
0: angle. Yeah, like the angular screen protector that you see at a car rental. at the Otherwise,
1: airport. setting aside that any letter opener or Giga on Cisco's desk could be a changeling, <laughs> but what about anything outside the window being a changeling?
0: Maybe they painted the window with that like reflective coating, yeah. or it's like, or it's like, like an illegal street tint. Yeah. Like, like more tinted than is allowed by law.
1: All right, Ben, you and I are taking a brief break to eat our Broad Electrolyte Vitamins. This is not sponsored content. <laughs> Lord, you know it would never be sponsored content from Broad, uh, but this is a product that you and I love, and it's something that we take when we know we're going to be doing some drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you would like to get drinking vitamins of your own, I would recommend you get them, and I would recommend you leave a note Telling the broad company where you heard about them
0: that would be great for us. <laughs> it's very interesting like how much Deep Space 9 has come to feel like the center yeah and like the the idea that it, it's a frontier on the edge of everything kind of place is has changed imperceptibly over the last six seasons. I bet
1: Joe Sisko would have something to say about Earth not being the center of the Federation anymore. (laughs) I think he would have uh, built his restaurant somewhere else if that that were the case.
0: The opportunity here is to bring them to their knees. That guy's used to selling out the Federation, so... (laughs) 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 That wouldn't surprise me.
1: Back on the little D, Garrick is paranoid in the mess hall about a chip he thinks that has been uh implanted into his brains
0: by starfleet yeah i guess he's been getting debriefed a lot by starfleet about just cardassian stuff (laughs) and uh because it doesn't seem like he wasn't like i mean in the know about what guldukat was up to that came as as big of a surprise to garrick to as it did to anyone this seems paranoid even for him right but uh You know, I would put a listening device in Garrick's head if I was Starfleet. They need to know
1: everything you know.
0: Garrick, uh, he's doing that thing of uh, thinking other people are thinking about him a lot more than they actually are.
1: What he should be paranoid about is openly talking about the plan to retake DS9 at every table in the lunchroom. (laughs) Why is this not being kept secret at all? Well,
0: lose sink be... ships unless you're on the ship, right? Like, nobody's going to sink the ship that they're on.
1: Have they cured the whole what if my coffee mug is a changeling problem that we know to be the case? Did they fix that problem? I
0: think they're just walking around with phaser sweeps. That's insane. That, that's That's turned into maintenance, you know? Like, we never see the guy cleaning the toilets on Star Trek, but- You have to assume it's happening in the matchup. There should
1: have been a Lower Decks episode of DS9 where it's just guys doing that sweep.
0: Yeah, and it's like the most boring, repetitive job. Except
1: when they're all murdered in awful ways by the changeling that they find.
0: (laughs) It's like, if you don't get killed by a changeling, you're going to have a repetitive stress injury on your trigger finger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're wearing the shirts with uh, the tagline on the back, If you see me running... (laughs) Try and keep up. Otherwise, you're going to be killed by a changeling.
0: (laughs) It's a little wordy, but
1: it makes sense. Yeah, it's
0: one of those ones where the text gets smaller and smaller the further down the shirt it goes. God damn it. Is that another greatest gen shirt? Can we launch a shirt during the drive? Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. So Cisco pitches this to the brass. They're like, "Mm, I mean, we're interested in this whole keeping the butt plug in the whole thing, but uh, you know, it seems it seems risky. We're gonna be drawing a lot of our defensive forces away from Earth to do this. I love this McLaughlin group. Issue one! Because of
1: the way it's blocked, right? Like one of the guys has like his leg up on a chair and he's holding the belt buckle. It's a sick belt buckle and it's here. Another person sitting down, but very definitely holding the belt buckle with two hands. Sick
0: belt buckle, bro!
1: And it's a different
0: belt buckle. Right? Sick belt buckle, bro. They changed the belt buckle the next episode. You know, they got some notes about the belt buckle, <laughs> the I belt think. The belt buckle <laughs> was controversial. The belt buckle tested poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, in fact, a sick belt buckle. No. A totally sick belt buckle.
1: It's in this scene that Cisco argues that Earth will be safe because it isn't as valuable as the wormhole. Right. The wormhole is the key to the A-quad and Earth is not. This is all about how you play any game, video game, chess, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you're the sort of chess player that like uses your queen offensively all over the place. Mm-hmm. You're the type of person that is going to be willing to sacrifice earth. Right. Which is who Cisco is. <laughs> yeah. And while at times I am someone who plays the queen that way, I don't know, man. I think I think if you're leaving the earth back door open, like because if you lose earth, it's truly over.
0: Yeah. But I think that also this episode does a great job of – Setting that up and then not really talking about that, but talking about Cisco having kind of gone Bajor like in his thinking. Like Yeah. Like he like Yeah,
1: but you know what? A guy making a a strategic plan based on a retirement home he wants to build on Bajor (laughs) and not elevating this this decision to the C and C level. Yeah. Like Earth should be involved in a decision where we're thinking about sacrificing Earth,
0: right? I must protest. The decision sort of gets made for them right. later, so it's it seems like Got a lot
1: of belt buckles in that room, right? Like you get enough of them together, that's equivalent to a
0: Federation president, right? Sheer fucking hubris. And I kind of agree with Cisco's argument, like because Cisco kind of understands the lysine contingency issue that the Dominion is up against. Which is that if they run out of that white, 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 they're in big trouble, and the yeah. and and the butthole is the linchpin to all of that. And I don't know if the bra- the brass are probably you know the the generals are always fighting the last war, and the Borgs <laughs> just wanted Earth, so I'm sure that that's what they're preoccupied with.
1: I do not agree with the strategy. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. I think I think if the game is lost, if Earth is lost. Then you can't just be so flip about about making this play.
0: I think that they're both on a moonshot, but I don't think that the Dominion can afford to try for Earth until that hole is open.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what Cisco understands.
0: Yeah, I don't think he makes that case strongly enough. I, yeah, he doesn't say it in the room, but I I, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's implied. Anyways, on Deep Space Nine, uh, we've got a... uh, You know what? In one scene, we're talking about whether or not
1: we should sacrifice the Federation homeworld of Earth. In the very next scene, we're on DS9 talking about whether or not Morn should go to his mom's birthday party. Issues of equal import
0: but very different
1: emotional weights. Uh, Yeah. I mean, do we sacrifice mom's birthday party? It could have lasting effects throughout the quadrant.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is a fun kind of establishing moment. Like it, it kind of seems like a, how the fuck is this even a scene? Yeah. Until you realize that it's kind of the linchpin to uh, the whole, the whole episode. Yeah. Quark is very interested in uh, taking a more active role in club resistance. And uh, and so he uh, he leaves his conversation with Morin to chase down the major, and uh, the first the first project of Club Resistance uh, in this episode is going to be spring rom from the pokey. You ready now? Right now. And so they're they're heading to Odo's quarters to see if they can talk some sense into their uh, into their betrayer, Kira and quark
1: roll up on Odo's condo and there's a doorman and
0: he's gem hadar Odo's the only guy in the game that gets an armed guard for when he's smashing a babe in his in his hotel room yeah he doesn't
1: put a sock on the on the door handle he puts a gem hadar on it and a Bajoran security guy it's like elf on a shelf it's gem hadar on the door handle
0: <laughs>
1: while you smash
0: uh, yeah Odo's having a great big fuck fest a three-day long long fuck fest like a fuck fest that is so great that he has completely lost track of time that just sounds tiring Founders are not to be disturbed. That just sounds like too much. Yeah, and, and it's a conventional fuckfest, Adam.
1: Because when we cut to the inside, Odo and Change Leader have done original recipe sex
0: <laughs> the way solids
1: do. Yeah. Which is to say, awkward and disappointing for one of them. Only a shadow of what we experience in the Great Link. What do you mean? <laughs> we we did it for three days. My last girlfriend always said I was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe you could sit on my face for, like, two days. (laughs) See if that does it. (laughs) The blocking in this scene is crucial because they are blocked in a way that two disappointed lovers often are in a TV show or a movie. They're sitting facing the opposite way on the bed. Yeah. And they're both, like, hands on knees, kind of slumped over. Yeah. Not
0: Not really connecting about how that went.
1: The added... Element to this whole thing is not only the physical disappointment that you can just read in the room, it's that change leader asks Odo questions like a mom asking a teen son about
0: sex. Yeah, it's so fucked up and gross. It's it's skin crawly awkward. It is like porn video streaming site, like, God, why is all of this about a mom and a teen son? Yeah. It's it's wild.
1: Anyways. It's I- very uncomfortable. Goldicot.
0: So,
1: Odo is fairly upset about the passage of time, like like Change Leader tells him. You know, it's been three days, and he's like, "What?
0: I have four thousand emails in my inbox. God damn it! I've never
1: lasted that long." <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, Change Leader sort of admonishes him about this the concern that he's showing toward all of the, toward his email, for example, toward everything in his life. Like, what do you care? You're better than this. You're better than
0: all of it. You've been living with a solids concept of time for too long. It's an attitude that he seemed very comfortable with in the last episode, right? Yeah. When Kira came to him and was like, why the fuck did you let Rom get stuck in that Jeffrey's tube? And yeah. he says like, like, what do I care? It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You're, you're the solids. I flow all over the place. <laughs> You just sit there and stink it up. You're the number twos, I'm a number one.
1: (laughs) Change leader kind of ends the argument with, you are a changeling, you are timeless. What are you worried about time for? Yeah. And I'm like, with how little I care about most things, am I timeless, Ben?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I like the idea of ending an argument with more sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's what they
1: do. You know what? Uh, you wanted to start with a handjob. <laughs> Golden handjob. Yeah. Wow. Later on DS9, Wei Yun looks at one of Zial's paintings and can't tell if it's any good. Just like us.
0: Wei Yun is just like us. We were born without any sense of aesthetics. Yeah. And uh, so was Wei Yun. Yeah. All Vorta have no, they have no aesthetic sense, which uh, explains their haircuts, I think. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he tries. Yeah. He's really given it his all. Yeah. This was a gift from Gal Dukat. It uh it's one of Zial's prize winning paintings and uh, he just he just can't really tell what is good or bad about it. And Kira, in her defense, is not interested in litigating
1: this with him whatsoever. Yeah. Yun asks her, because Bajorans are generally known as those who are are the most adept at such things. Yeah,
0: they're really speaking to each other across a pretty wide gulf. Yeah. And uh, he is kind of the next tree that she's going to try and bark up. It's about Rom. Oh, yes. She had a friend on the ruling council of the station who is now totally preoccupied with banging change leader yeah so she's going to try for wayun because she'd rather not strike up a conversation with gul if she can avoid it her
1: best friend got a girlfriend and it sucks
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah the uh the news that she gets from wayun is that ram is uh he he is not just locked up. He is uh, he's on death row.
1: One of the qualities I really like about Wei Yun is is how he gives bad information. He's like, yeah, he's gonna be executed. He did a very bad thing, and we, not only that, it's gonna be an example to
0: others. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how we deal with terrorists. You yeah. know that he. I mean, he does not read the room. If at anybody all. here was ever thinking about getting involved in any kind of terrorism or. Whatever. That person should know that.
1: We cut almost immediately to Rom's cell where Quark and Lita are discussing the circumstance and why this isn't a conjugal visit is has got to be on Rom's mind, right?
0: Yeah, especially because Lita appears to be wearing the dress she married him in.
1: It's a relatively chaste neckline that Happens to end above the nipples and that makes it pretty unique among Lita's wardrobe choices.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like if you were, if you were heading to a conjugal visit, wearing the wedding, like that might be one of the few contexts in which a woman, a yeah. woman took her wedding dress out of the closet and put it on yeah. and headed out into the world. Right. Yeah. Like I'm sure my wife has no interest in ever wearing her wedding dress again. Yeah.
1: Rom's right? pessimism here. Like they're there to cheer him up. But it's not like they have good news or anything, but Rom's pessimism is really upsetting Tolita.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's super bummed out. He's asking for a rock hammer Mm -hmm. in the the jail cell. Cuts to voiceover. I must admit, I didn't think much of Rom the first (laughs) time I laid eyes on him. Looked like a Jemadar fart would blow him over. (laughs) That was my first impression of the (laughs) Ferengi. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I feel like people are going to like you'll do with you'll do a bit and then I'll say yeah that's great uh-huh. and I think the prevailing wisdom is that I I'm making fun of you for that. No, like that's my sincere feeling is that that's great. I have
0: nothing to add. It's like it's like instead of no but instead yeah. of yes and it's just yeah that's great. <laughs> Show over.
1: I'm not going to top that. It just so happens, Ben, that uh, you're the only one with a quality Morgan Freeman impression. You think we're actually going to do dueling Morgan Freeman impressions on The Greatest Generation? Do you really think that?
0: Quality is an extremely generous term to describe my Morgan Freeman impression. I'm shocked you'd even want to do one. Lita offers
1: free labor in exchange for Quark's effort to spring Rom from
0: jail. God, I thought that this was such funny writing, the idea that that Quark gets, gets off on the negotiation so much that he gets distracted from the fact that they're talking about breaking his brother out of jail.
1: And like Lita isn't already working for starvation wages. <laughs> like, how much is he actually saving on that deal? Right. But Rom isn't into this. No. Rom right. seems... Like, Tom is down for the cause. He really is. He wants Quark to finish the job that he started. Yeah. He wants, like, Rom threw one of his shoes Sabo. into the machine. He wants Quark to throw the other one in. Yeah. Because they need to destroy the anti-graviton beam that the station is going to use to take down the self-replicating
0: mines. Yeah. And when you say shoes, of course, you mean wooden shoes. I do.
1: Hence the word sabotage.
0: I need another drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a couple more drinks going. Well I talk about the fact that uh, Kira goes to see Zial, who is uh, hard at work on her art, because Kira doesn't want to go see Ducat, and and Ducat's not going to listen to Kira, you know. Must be pretty nice. Zial's got
1: a bunch of time to do her art because she doesn't have to work for a living.
0: Yeah. You know, like the last time we saw Kira and Zial was about the end of their friendship slash quasi mother-daughter relationship. <laughs> Zial's kind of like the liberal daughter of a conservative politician mm. out there in the world, not not like living the <laughs> right. awful worldview of her shit heel father. Yes. And uh and so Kira is like, Hey, listen, like I know that we've had our differences, but like there's something really bad going on here. Like Can you do anything? Can you talk your father out of this awful shit he's pulling? There are
1: a number of really fun editing choices in this episode, and this is one of them. Smash cut to that conversation. I want you to free
0: Ron. You're joking.
1: What's great about this is Zial is describing Ducat as he is not. Zial is like, you're a great man. Everyone needs to know that. And this is a way that you can tell them. And Ducat's like, I'm a piece of shit. No
0: one <laughs> thinks that I'm a good man. Why would I ever do this? Damar says that same thing, though, in this episode. Yeah. Like, he's a man of death. Like, like somehow Ducat doesn't believe his rep? own cult of personality. Yeah. Which you wonder about people with cult of personality. Like, do they? Because definitely some people with it. Mm-hmm like are drinking their own Kool-Aid. Oh sure. Ducat does not seem to be one of those people. He's got like imposter syndrome. Despite yeah. <laughs> being a It makes me happy
1: that the very powerful also have that. And it's not just something that we're stricken with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the normals. I mean it's not an it's not a syndrome in our place. We're actual imposters.
1: Zial is pissed yeah. that this isn't working.
0: Yeah. And and pissed that Her relationship with him doesn't cause him to change his mind. Like, he's basically choosing country over family. Or ideology over her. This is an example of the the opposite of what will eventually
1: be asked of Zial. He's never asked to pivot to what's good for most people. Right. Instead, he asks people to make sacrifices for the benefit of Cardassia.
0: And not even the benefit of Cardassia, but the benefit of him personally. Yeah. yeah. And, and he, you know, dresses that in the clothing of the benefit of Cardassia. Back at Quark's,
1: there is discussion of a breakout plan... Breaking Rom out of
0: prison using
1: Nausikens.
0: Yeah. And apparently Cork has already made like a down payment on this plan. <laughs> It
1: would be a bloodbath. (laughs) And I am grieving the episode that we do not get here that actually goes through with this plan. Man, that would be great. You have no grumbar. I'm really interested in how characters move and are moved around a story like this. And this is a scene where that happens and it's motivated because this conversation between Kira and Quark is changed when Damar shows up Mm -hmm. and tells Kira to basically fuck off. Afraid
0: freighter loaded with Tamarind grain is due within the hour. See to it that Cargo Bay 5 is ready to receive it.
1: And she does. Yeah. Because Damar is there to do some drinking.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Damar!
1: And Quark knows that when Damar wants to drink, there's usually a reason why. Yeah,
0: Quark has uh, has taken taken up a little bit of a, a routine with Damar where he plies him with the fancy canard and uh, gets information out of him. And uh, the information he gets in this scene is that there is a one week timer starting now on the minefield coming down
1: it'll be one week till you find the key tested the plan and said it's working five days till the mines come down but it's still too late for rom to be sorry (laughs) oh man i love the whip pan here the whip pan might be my favorite part of this episode, and they do it twice because, uh, because like DeMar leans in. He's like, the the mind destruction plan is going far better than is generally known, <laughs> and the and the camera whip pans across the bar because he's checking to see if anyone's in an earshot, and then we come back. I fucking love that. Yeah,
0: yeah. He like he gives like the the hairy eyeball to a Bajoran guy that's sitting there who I, immediately takes the message and gets out of there. An in camera edit that isn't an edit at all. It's just a move like that. It's a very rare use of camera for Star Trek yeah. to to turn the camera and turn it back like that. The camera in Star Trek is omniscient, right? It's like it's, it's not a character. It's not a character and and when a camera pans back after it's panned, you know, when you pan back right after you've panned left yeah. in one unbroken shot, the hand of the operator is revealed in a in a shot it's like true. that. It and, breaks the wall. And and, and I don't know why it works in this scene, but it does. What are you doing? Rain, come come you doing now?
1: Exactly. Meanwhile, uh, the fleet has assembled outside of Starbase whatever, and
0: the fleet is big. The fleet is bonkers big. Yeah. Uh, I think that at some point they say like 600 ships. Who wouldn't want to join this fleet, Ben? Gowron, evidently. Yeah, they have uh, not succeeded in convincing the Klingons to join this party. Yeah. Uh, this kind of feels like a keeping the Klingons out so that they can ride into the rescue later kind
1: of move. I was thinking they
0: wouldn't want to share the credit.
1: Yeah. Or the station.
0: Right. Oh, like they would, there would be like a uh, like an issue of ownership if the Klingons were involved in reconquering it. Kind of feel that way. The Klingons don't you? might might feel that way. If the
1: station is of the strategic importance that Cisco is saying, like that would be a low key, really shrewd move.
0: Yeah. So they send General Martok off to make this case with Worf, right? Yeah. And I think that that's that's what makes me feel like they're going to show up. With a fleet in the next episode,
1: yeah. I mean, they. I think they're fairly explicit. Like they're going to go twist Gowron's arm. They're going to return with good news and ships.
0: Yeah, but this is starting to look like it's going to be a real hail mary. I like no matter what. What do you think is in all those green and blue drinks that everybody's drinking? Is it just water with food coloring, or do they? Do you think that they like get apple juice and put something in it?
1: I think there's a philosophy. And that philosophy has to do with the person who set designs for you. If you're a person who cares about the comfort of your actors and the knowledge that they're going to be doing take after take, drinking a thing, yeah. I think you're going to try to make sure it
0: tastes good. Yeah,
1: If it tastes like shit, like I think you're going to be disliked right. in any production.
0: Yeah, That's what uh, I think. Speaking of drinks in corks bar... Kira and Cork now knowing that the that there's basically a, a ticking bomb on the entire war right. are having a conversation about how like hey like we need to we need to figure out what to do with this and you know like Cork has basically demurred of attempting to con- complete Rom's work. He's a reasonably afraid that he won't be able to get through the security field, and also like Cork is not a engineer. He's not. So, But I think we've known
1: many good bartenders, and I think there are some compatible skills there.
0: Yeah. This is the scene where they decide, like, okay, what we need to do, in fact, is get a message to Starfleet. And for some reason, Jake shows up with a perfect plan for getting a message to Starfleet. Ben, I have a song now.
1: <laughs> the song is called For Some Reason Jake. <laughs> and you said it exactly like I hoped you would. <laughs> Resisting all day, things are going your way When along comes Jake Sisko Or wrench in your plan Assume that he is the man Wei Yun laughs at Jake Sisko He's got bad ideas and he's got no chill Should be with his dad but he's got stories to kill Why he's there The reasons are nil Because for some reason
0: Jake Cisco. It's me, Jake. <laughs> I like it. That's nice. That was great. <laughs> I'm glad we're getting a little more songs on the show. Mm-hmm. I always like our songs. I think Jake needed a song,
1: and it needed to be, for some reason, Jake Sisko.
0: This is like a, a scene that, in some ways, makes up for a lot of Jake's dumb bullshit in previous episodes this season. Because...
1: I mean, if the viewer could see the look I'm making, (laughs) I don't know. This is not Jake motivated. This is Jake seeing a couple of things in the distance and putting them together.
0: Yeah, but it does like they have done a lot to establish that Jake would have a hookup like this. Yeah. And that Jake would be dumb enough to walk into the conversation not realizing how key that hookup would be. Yeah. So uh, I like it. And I like that uh, the way they conceal the messages in the uh, the ribbon on the package?
1: Yeah, on Morn's birthday gifts for his mom. Yeah,
0: this is another one of those smash cuts, right? I
1: thought Morn wasn't going to go to the birthday. This was a big shock to me. <laughs> Why change his mind?
0: Wow, you uh, focused on different parts of this episode than I did. Really
1: did. I thought for sure he'd just stay at the bar. You know what's messed up is we don't really see what the gift is. Yeah. <laughs> what does a Morn get his mom? Carpenter pants. <laughs> Back on the Starbase, Cisco convinces Admiral Beltbuckle to go in early before the fleet backup arrives.
0: Yeah, they're waiting on a bunch of ships that are not going to be here in time.
1: I just want to say this, whether or not Cisco's plan is effective, I don't like Admiral Beltbuckle just taking this advice for action. Hmm. Admiral Bellbuckle seems pretty feckless and bad at his job. Like um, what are the decisions that Admiral Bellbuckle makes that anyone else does? It feels like
0: Cisco is leading from behind. Yeah. Does Admiral Bellbuckle have other adjutants that are also helping him? I don't know. You hope so. I mean, if somebody is going to be a feckless idiot leader, you'd like to think that there's somebody smart pulling the strings
1: yeah. behind the throne. Someone is gonna throw themselves on the nuclear football. Right. That's what Cisco's there for. The convincing goes well because belt buckles down.
0: Belt buckle gives it the thumbs up. Do it, and uh, they start to uh, saddle up.
1: It's important that they go through with this mission quickly because back on DS Nine, Ducat is demonstrating their ability to kill the mines
0: to a Weiyun that is unable to see them. This was a mechanic that I feel like the last episode kind of implied was going to be like all in one go, there is going to be no more minefield. Yeah. But what this is is they have to individually take out the self-replicating part of each mine one by one. Yeah. And then they can blow up the whole minefield. Yep. Which, you know, like I guess the Federation doesn't know that. So they wouldn't necessarily think to just blow up the whole minefield. Like like if they blew up some of the minefield early they would self-replicate, and all their self-replication units it would, would be ruin replenished. All the yeah, yeah, right. You could reset this. You could hit the snooze button on the problem. But uh, I guess they don't know that, so I guess I, I guess it's not a plot hole. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say.
1: The plot hole has self-replicated itself, and now there's no plot <laughs> hole anymore.
0: Oh shit, Doug! Golduca takes great umbrage with Wayuun here because Wayuun is not. Totally jazzed about the destruction of the minefield, and Dukat is like, "This has been like the only thing you cared about for for the entire time we've been here. Yeah. What gives?"
1: Wayun well, can't see it.
0: Yeah, he has bad eyesight. He can't appreciate a thing he can't see. Damar comes in, and uh, he's got some uh, some fleet movement intelligence. They've they've clocked all of these Federation ships gathering at Starbase Three. Blah blah blah. And Gul Dukat and Wayun are like, "What do you think they're doing?" And DeMar's like, well, I don't know what they're doing, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> Why have those fleets gathered there? I don't no. know. Margo. It's crazy
1: how many different things Ducat can think about at once. He's not only on Project Mine, he's on the jangly keys of the fleet deployment, but also he's got to fix this Z all thing. Yeah. And it's a good thing he's got DeMar for that because yeah. he's going to... Among the three main issues he's working, he's gonna outsource the Zial problem to Damar. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Let's see. Military issues. Military issues. Okay, I've got a Gull working for me. Maybe I'll have him patch my relationship with my daughter up. In any other show, in
1: any other genre, Damar would be, like, a smooth operator, and Damar and Zial would fall in love as a result of this. Right, right. But you know that's just never on the table here.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, Gildukat actually orders Damar to go try and smooth things over, and uh, we cut to the cargo bay, where I guess Kira has been given... The job of, like, readying a cargo bay for a shipment of MREs for the troops or something. Yeah, it seems like pretty menial shit for her. Yeah. and uh, She's not allowed to work at Ops anymore. We haven't really seen her there much, have we? Yeah. Ziel's the first one we see, and we kind of imagine that the next person around the corner is going to be Damar, but it's Kira. Yeah. And they're, and they're having this conversation, and um, it's that weird position of somebody going through a breakup where you're like, yeah, like it sucks that you're going for, through this breakup, but the person you broke up with is a dirtbag and it's yeah. good.
1: No one liked them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the tone that, that Kira is taking when Damar walks in. Yeah, and, uh... Kira's
1: great at that tone. Right now you're angry and hurt, but that's going to pass. Damar's pitch is not unexpected. Like, he makes the nationalism be a daughter of Cardassia pitch. Right. Almost and- totally independent of, like... Ducat as her father at all.
0: Not exactly flowing over with emotional intelligence, Damar. Yeah. Uh he comes in with the PowerPoint presentation of Do It Forgotten Country. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Are you fucking joking? And uh Damar, you know, then resorts to just trying to like haul her off by, you know, grabbing her upper arm. And that's when Kira Marty mcflys him. Yeah. She she puts herself right in the middle of it and beats the fuck out of demar
1: kira's fight with demar here is very much like a mike tyson's punch out fight because demar remains standing and then like you can almost see the stars appear over his head as (laughs) as kira is is like
0: bopping him yeah the first punch definitely doesn't seem to daze him it's like oh no but then you realize like yeah, he's, he's out. already a mess. He's and, out on his feet and, for and, sure. And she's got eight more roundhouse kicks to deliver to his chin.
1: Yeah, by the time he's taken down, uh, they get out of there yeah. pretty fast.
0: We have a one last little chit chat between Admiral Beltbuckle and Cisco before Cisco rides off to war. Cisco uh, getting back into the command chair after one episode of Not. And uh the he... soup hasn't even gone cold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the uh, Dax has been sitting on top of it, you know. Yeah, that's fair. She's been mother henning that, that thermos. And uh Yeah, Cisco's like reading scripture before going to battle, which is kind of a you know, like we're talking about character change. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah, he's coming around to to who he is and what he represents. And I don't know if you have a post-war vision of your life and it doesn't involve Starfleet in any way, not even a little bit. I don't know, Cisco, maybe keep that to yourself. Maybe it not doesn't tell it.
0: No, he says, he says like, I'm, I'm going to go wherever you guys send me, but, but my, my home will be Bajor when I go on shore leave, Bajor. I don't, know, I don't feel like Cisco's a company
1: man here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's a daughter
0: of Starfleet. Yeah. I'll say that. I mean, I think that when he walks out of this room, Admiral Beltbuckle's like, wow, there goes one of the craziest motherfuckers <laughs> we've ever hired, <laughs> off to his certain demise. I am I, Don Quixote, the Lord of La
1: <laughs> Yeah. Now, Admiral Beltbuckle's like, well, I mean, he's been a problem for a while, but not for much longer.
0: Yeah. We're going to be... It's going to be nice not hearing that guy walk around talk about being the prophet. I mean, the emissary of the prophets anymore? We're going to be using one of those uh, scrapers to get him off of the little D <laughs> next week. Morn, 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 sweet morn, morn, morn. Evening, everybody. Morn, stop. Have a time. Nog comes out of uh, some some room on the little D. New uniform, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Adam is making his face. This is that moment. He he bumps into the chief. He's ne- He outranks the chief now. I hadn't realized things were going so bad.
1: Scary, isn't it?
0: I hate this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't like it at all. And mostly because I think, like, I guess it's because of his work study internship that he's been given the field promotion to Ensign. It felt more monumental when Wesley put on the uniform because it felt like he did more. Right. I don't know. It's complicated. Like, it's great to see how proud O'Brien is of him. Yeah. But I wish this was earned a little more. Like, and I'm not diminishing all of the many contributions that Naga's made out in the field because he clearly has, but it's insane that he's been made to make those out in the field.
0: Right. Well, it's a field commission. It's kind of like acting Ensign, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that in wartime, this kind of thing happens all the time where it's like, fuck, like this this unit got blown apart and we need yeah. a lieutenant or something. Like, what's he
1: going to do? Go back to the academy? No, right. like he's, he's useful out here. So I get it. Yeah. Mixed feelings,
0: I would say, though. You wondered about what was going on with the captain's soup, Adam. Dax literally says, I kept it warm when mm-hmm. Cisco comes out on the bridge of the little D to, to, to command this mission. I, think I don't that's... think she's talking about the seat.
1: I think that's gross. <laughs> I think if you're the captain and you sit down on the captain's chair and it's still
0: warm, I think that's a bad feeling. Yeah. yeah. You don't like that. You don't You don't like hot seating the captain's chair? Yeah. Um, it's got to be kind of a bad feeling for Dax too, right? Because she's like really kicked a lot of ass as captain. She has. She's not- Look at all of her power cells in the mess. Yeah. They look like great big long boobs. <laughs>
1: Yeah. How many of those are Daxes and how many of those are Cisco's? Yeah, let's have a power cell measuring contest. <laughs> yeah. So the fleet rolls out, Ben, and it is massive. We see so many of every kind of ship here. Yeah. But I think the thing that you and I both know is that the hood would never be party to
0: this. No, the hood is uh, is just orbiting Earth and they're <laughs> they're drinking and partying on the hood.
1: You know, the uh the taps at RISA, they do need some servicing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to make sure that the whole of the Federation, right, is uh, is
0: aided by the fleet. You know, if you don't if you don't harvest all of the all of the beautiful tropical fruit on Risa,
1: yeah, it's just going to go bad. There's even like some sovereign class ships in this fleet. Like, yeah. it's it's a couple of everything. It's yeah. big time.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. So, uh, back on the station. Ducat and Wayun are uh, it's washing over them that uh, that this federation attack on the station is imminent and uh, and and Wayun puts together that like they the federation is on to them they know that the the minefield is not long for this world and uh, and he says like all right like well we'll just have to get enough ships to destroy them and it's a bit of a back and forth like we're we're pulling ships off of you know, frontline attacks that we really need to press right now. But there's one priority. The wormhole is is the whole game. Yeah. This is a conversation that is interrupted when Damar walks in totally swelled up and bloodied. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. I really liked this because like, you see people get in fist fights in movies and television all the time, and then like having like a little little nick or right. a slight discoloration or something. If you get punched, your fucking face swells up. Yeah, he's swollen and he's purple. Yeah, he looks like somebody who got his ass whooped, yeah. and uh, <laughs> nobody sympathizes with him.
1: I think it's great that Demar's first stop is Ducat instead of taking it upon himself to chase Kira down. Yeah. I think that is very emblematic of the whole chain of commandification of things on the station right now. Right. I think ordinarily that would be what happened. Like Demar would find Kira and blow her out an airlock.
0: Right. I love that they've like made the politics feel real enough that yeah. Demar can't do that.
1: Yeah, and the condescension of a Ducat talking to Demar in this moment about like, "Oh, Demar, what happened to your face?" <laughs> it's so withering. Yeah this meeting that Damara and Dukat are having uh, is skewing a little more toward the personal than Weyoun would like, <laughs> given the very serious circumstances they're in. Yeah. And Weyoun attempts to, like, refocus them.
0: I feel like Weyoun could just cite the fact that it was very inappropriate for Dukat to send one of his military subordinates to handle a family matter. It's not a good look for Dukat. But Weyoun seems like he's
1: a pretty forgiving manager in the scheme of things. Yeah, He seems to be super chill.
0: Yeah. The brutality of the founders is not transmitted through him. He is the Darth Vader to the founders Palpatine. I mean, the next scene sort of establishes that this particular edition of Wayun is kind of a fuck up because mm-hmm. uh, we, we cut to the upper level of the promenade where Odo and Change Leader...
1: I'm just gonna freshen up our uh, our beverages here with some
0: ice. Please do. How are you feeling, Ben? I'm feeling I'm feeling nice. I'm feeling good. I'm not mornhammered, but I'm uh, I'm definitely enjoying my afternoon. Mornhammered was never the intent. Just
1: pleasantly afternoon.
0: Yeah. Hammered. Odo and Change Leader are, are talking about the salads, and it's this kind of like imperialist like noblesse oblige that the, the change leader is writing for like we have to guide these simple people like they right. they are number twos and we are number ones
1: and it's communicated visually because they're up above on the promenade and they're looking down on everyone else yeah
0: they look like ants yeah this is when Wayun walks up, Odo takes his leave, and... they are doing a wonderful job with Odo. Wayun kind of shows his whole ass to Change Leader at this point. Meaning what? She's like, oh, no, no, we're the condescending ones. You're not the condescending one. You don't get to do
1: that here. It's great to see this gear on Change Leader because it feels like it's been a while... Yeah. because she's been so kind and encouraging to odo when she snaps into that condescension that she has reserved for everyone else yeah it's like whoa oh yeah i remember
0: and it's such like apex condescension too because it's not like it, she's not actually mad at him she's like you can't help it you're just a simple little yeah you're just a simple little number two yeah it's a great scene when odo gets down onto level one of the promenade he finds that They are not ants, but people that are all roughly of the same stature as him, one of whom is Major Kira, who he sees kind of across the way. He races to try and catch up with her, but she gets on an elevator before he can catch her. Uh, so he has to do the thing where you run down the stairs really fast. Kira does not hit the hold door button on the lift very
1: intentionally.
0: <laughs> she she Larry Davids the fuck out of him. Yep. And uh, when he catches her in the hallway later, later on, she is uh, not super enthusiastic about having a conversation with him.
1: Kira updates Odo with the news because he's not been watching it for the last three days. In a way that neither of our parents would ever know.
0: (laughs) If I don't catch Rachel Maddow every night, the whole thing could fly apart at the handles. All the news is bad. Everything Kira says is bad. Rom is going to get executed. The the butthole is going to get opened up. They're going to get dumped on relentlessly by ticks.
1: What can't you do here, Ben? You can't give this soft-ass apology that odo gives in this moment this apology does not go well no you can't get your conscience back at this point i'm sorry if you feel that way about the way (laughs) i've spent my last
0: three days it has come to my attention recently that tweets i sent when i was a younger more immature man (laughs) <laughs> we're harmful and hurtful to people. That was never my intention. We're good now, right? That, were, that was all that was necessary. Was, was that okay? Was it good that I had my wife standing slightly next to me?
1: Oof. Kira rightly does not accept this apology. Yeah. Back with the fleet. It's the situation where uh we're going on a road trip and people on the road trip keep having car trouble yeah. and keep like peeling off into a service station.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a fleet of jalopies, Ben.
0: <laughs> these ships are not in great shape and you're
1: filled with a confidence when you see this fleet of hundreds of ships you're like, "Yeah, this is going to work out great."
0: There's and- a there's a bunch of galaxy class starships here. Yeah. Like th- these are the good ships.
1: Yeah. What we know numerically is that when the Jem'Hadar fleet shows up, O'Brien says they've picked up 1,254 of them, which is said is a two to one advantage of the Federation ships. So we know that there's roughly like 620 and change. Yeah. Federation ships there, of which what like eight to ten are jalopies, right?
0: Are are really busted.
1: Yeah, you just I mean, look, a lot of people ignore the check engine light. Most of the time, it's just a loose gas cap. You can you can fix that fairly easily by yourself. Right. But uh, for more serious matters, for something like an O2 sensor, yeah,
0: you got to take the that into the pump service pump station. Or whatever, you know. That's going to affect your mileage, Ben. It's going to be. You're not going to make it to the battle. Not going to make it to the battle, and that is our dun dun dun. Yeah. Because uh, it is 600 Starfleets flying into the teeth of-
1: 625 starships (laughs) going into battle. How do you beat a (laughs) Jem'Hadar? This episode had all the songs. Yeah.
0: Some of the worst songs we've ever done.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cisco is like, the button is like, he's pushing in his chips. And by chips- I mean ships. Yeah. He doesn't ask Admiral Beltbuckle about this? No. He knows he's outnumbered and he's going in anyway. To be continued. You really want to do this? Here. Now,
0: okay. Okay. Let's do it. Do it. Did you like this episode?
1: As much as I like the episode and and like the awe that the giant fleet makes me feel like I still when I really think about it and this is happening a lot in a lot of recent DS9 episodes like The immediate feeling after the ep is, ah, awesome. Yeah. And then when I think about it, I'm like, what really happened here? (laughs) (laughs) And in this episode, what really happened was Cisco had a plan. He sold the plan. He assembled the units and then they rode off. Right. It's basically it because nothing really changed with Odo. Nothing really changed with Kira. Nothing changed with Rom being in jail.
0: Oh, I think Odo... Kind of realized that he was being a real prick in the last episode, cool, like I'm making
1: the jack off motion right now, like odo's realization means nothing to me, yeah because he's not doing anything
0: yeah he hasn't he hasn't done any action. It's exactly just, it's just he's gone on the emotional journey, but now he needs to make it right.
1: And the only way he can make it right is by murdering Damar and Dukat. Yeah, just at Using
0: his crazy changeling powers to just shred all of the Cardassians. Which he could at any moment. You know what he could do is just go around murdering every gem hadar and they wouldn't fight back. He could plug up their little milk holes. <laughs> he could twist their milk teeth shut. <laughs> yeah, he could do that. Hey Adam. What's that, Ben. Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda?
1: My drunk Shimoda this episode is Whip Pan. (laughs) You never get it. You rarely see it. Yeah. It's usually a corny
0: ass joke. The camera is a character in this episode.
1: Whip Pan's my Shimoda. Wow. I think there's a category of Shimoda that might be technique. Mm -hmm. I don't know that this category has had a lot of Shimodas, but I'm going to throw my episode quarter into that machine this time around nice i think it must be respected and recognized <laughs> i love a choice like this uh this was this is Winrich colby who directed this ep and he's done a lot of ds9 apps yeah it feels like he stepped out a little bit yeah uh visually because like he's one of the foundational multi-episode directors of deep space nine Definitely. like i think i think he got a little fun with it and i'm here for it yeah same you can't do a whip pan every episode or even every season but
0: use this way love it what right. about you uh Morn is my drunk shimoda in this episode yeah you can't tie a ribbon on a present wearing gloves impossible they go close on his gloved hands trying to tie that ribbon no way no way is
1: is more just not that smart also
0: I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. With. We don't know Morn. Yeah, we don't. Everybody else knows Morn, but we don't know he's Morn. He's silent Lenny. Yeah, he's silent Lenny, except for he's super talkative by reputation.
1: Do we know if Lenny has a giant cock?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, what if that was the yeah? He, those calls, are the, he calls it the hooded fat
1: of the land. Those those are the parts that were edited out of of Mice and Men. <laughs> all the references to Jenny, All the references to Lenny's giant cock.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> that, that's why you can read that book in middle school You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before And you're thinking what do I need a website for I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great, because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by seven customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is scarves. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Got it,
0: got it. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm gonna head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. It's available nationwide. That's Microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till max fun drive.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly, incredibly fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app and at MaximumFun.org. All right, Adam, uh, why don't you fire up the game of buttholes? will of the prophets and i will tell you what our next episode is going to be
1: well uh it should be no secret by now that we are currently on a quarks bar episode i'm sure you can hear the difference (laughs) that square is square 18 it's because we hit a space butthole and slid all the way down here just ahead I don't know, another space butthole (laughs) we could possibly hit. Uh, Dangers abound in this part of the board. Fuck.
0: Well, next episode is season six, episode six, and that's what we will be reviewing next time. And uh, the description here is, when the minefield is soon to be demolished, Cisco leads a mission to take back Deep Space Nine. So... Almost exactly the same description as this episode. That is a, what a waste of a description. Yeah. Ben,
1: I'm not indicting
0: you. I haven't done this in years, but do you want to hear what Netflix has to say? Yeah, I I actually would. Okay. Season six, episode six. With the minefield that protects the Federation soon to be demolished, Cisco leads what appears to be a suicide mission to to take back Deep Space Nine. Rare agreement.
1: You know what? I like the suicide mission detail of
0: that one that's a that's a, a little lot. bit a little bit flowerier writing flowerier
1: I wish that Spoiler was the alert. end of the of the episode we just watched just is, is Dax turning to Cisco like it's suicide
0: yeah they they all tie their uh their bandana around their head like they, they know they're sailing into their certain doom. This is a kamikaze they fill another probe with their wills, yeah. Shit dog. Yeah. Wow. That, that's big fun. fun. I'm into it. Well, that will be the next episode. And uh, in the meantime, it's your roll. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Ben, I have rolled a five.
1: Shula! Ah. Did I win? Hardly. Which has hopped us over another space butthole and wow. put us on the doorstep of a banger. We're on square 23 and it is a regular old
0: episode. Well, got a couple of thanks to give out here at the end of the show. Uh, Of course, thanks to all the people that have and will uh, support, but also thanks to uh, folks like Bill Tilly. Bill Tilly makes great uh, collectible comedy trading cards about every episode of our show every week. They always delight me every time I see uh, those trading cards pop up in my Twitter feed. It is appointment twittering for me. And you know add, what
1: hat I never dislike seeing on top of my hat?
0: Bill Tilly's hat. Yeah, Bill Tilly always puts a solid hat on top of a hat. And uh, you can find those using the hashtag GreatestGen or just by finding his account, Bill Tilly 1973 Adam's on Twitter at CutPorTime. I'm on there at BenjaminAHR. You know who's also... Attempting to earn
1: a living by doing internet work. It's Adam Ragusia. Yeah. He's over on YouTube. He's the guy who makes the music for the greatest generation.
0: Yeah, he made the uh, amazing Cisco song that we have uh, here on the show and the Picard song that was the original inspiration. Several other pieces of original music for us as well. So yeah. uh, just search Adam Ragusia on YouTube. You're going to learn a lot of great cooking techniques for the home cook. As we have.
1: So with that, we'll be back at you next time with another great... Episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and an episode of The Greatest Generation Deep Space Nine, which restates the theme for today's episode (laughs) in a slightly different way. Your wife's gonna come home and she's gonna be like, "It stinks like podcast in here." <laughs> what happened?
0: MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture.
0: Artist-owned, audience-supported.